You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael, and with me as always is my good friend... Jay, formerly from the AK. Uh, How goes it tonight? I'm having a wonderful time in June. Today, I had a little, a little man started buzzing in my pocket and he (laughs) said, there's, there's somebody at the door. (laughs) And uh, sure enough, I went to the door, looked outside and there was my mail lady and she had a handful of packages and it was Christmas in June. I was real excited and I ran out to her and I said, Hey, I, my, my little guy was telling me that, uh, you brought me some things. And she's like, what little guy? And I said, hey, this little app I have on my phone. She got a chuckle out of that. And I grabbed my packages and signed for them and ran inside. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy and glad. Yeah, uh, sounds like it was a nice day. Well, before we get started tonight, I have to kind of touch base on safety. You know, you and I are really big safety guys. We try to promote safety every chance we get to. And I had a little bit of a safety incident. <laughs> well, it wasn't really an incident. I just, I want to bring like it. That incident. <laughs> Sound I like want, a politician. Don't worry yeah, know, about right? that incident. Yeah, exactly. Twelve were killed, but don't worry about it. There's nothing well, to see over there, folks. Yeah, exactly. Well, I kind of want to just bring this up because I know in a previous podcast, we talked a little bit about me not using a strap. And so right, you hate the other day I was flying the wings and I had the wing out of the park I'd put a new prop on it because I try to do these vertical takeoffs with them. You know what I'm talking about? Vertical takeoffs. Yeah. So like hmm. normally, normally I can just toss the wing over my shoulder. Sure. So I, sure. To- I toss the wing, give it a little power, toss the wing, it flies, and then I go out and fly it. Well, huh. after I get done with a couple batteries and I'm kind of bored, then I'll actually set the wing on its two little end caps, whatever you call those things on the Right. End. It has uh, one of those things like those political signs for the – for the little stabilizer yeah, wings. On right. Side. And they're yeah. a little stabilizer, but they stick out a little further than the wing. So I'll, I'll, I'll prop it up on those and then I'll give it a little throttle and then really jam on the throttle and it'll actually take off from the ground going vertical, but it has a really big torque roll and you have to kind of time it right. I would say that works about 30% of the time. Right. I, I you know, I, since I have one of those two, I don't remember seeing that in the instructions as a proper launching <laughs> technique. <laughs> it's not, okay. it's just something I do. But anyway, I had busted a prop off last time because I tried it. And, of course, you know, when the f- thing flops over, rolls over, and hits the ground, the prop's doing 6,000, you know, RPMs, and it, it broke the prop off. Yes, so the other day when I was out flying, I put a new prop on, flew about three or four batteries. Uh, everybody had kind of, you know, got ready to go, and I had one more battery to fly through the wings. So I thought, well, I'll just put it over here. And, and so I walked out into the grass, and I set it vertical. And as okay. I as I leaned over, normally I carry my radio in my left hand with my thumb wrapped around the throttle. As I set the wing down, my glasses, which usually sit, you know, kind of in my shirt collar, they fell on the ground. I don't know why, but I stood up and put both hands on the radio. Then I let go of my left hand to reach down and pick up my glasses. I don't know why. It's just that I, I know why. Because uh, you just started wearing glasses, what, maybe a year ago? Yeah, so something like that. You haven't been wearing glasses for that long. It's not a habit that you're used to. So you've been flying for, what, 10 years or 
10 plus years yeah, now. something like that. So you never needed them. The thing falls out. You're doing something that you haven't normally done before. I can see where this is going. Keep yeah, so anyway, my, good I, sir. Yes. Right, exactly. So I lean over uh, to pick up my glasses with my left hand, which means mm-hmm. now I have the radio in my right hand. And Ooh. it's a natural tendency for balance that if you bend over and pick up my glasses with the left hand, my <laughs> right hand goes back. And as it went back, the throttle caught my cargo pants. I was wearing cargo shorts, and the throttle caught the pocket and went Oops. wide open throttle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and my wing was literally like inches from where I was standing. And now this thing is, is starting. I can see it out of the corner of my eye starting to go up and starting to rotate towards me. And I just... I kind of went, holy smokes, and I pushed with my finger because I had you know, my right hand. Yeah, I just right pushed forward the- on the stick, and, it, of course, it just went right into the ground and busted the prop. Moral of the story is be safe. All it takes is a little distraction. I just thought I want to reiterate that it happened to me. It's one of those things that doesn't happen often, but even I do make mistakes. You know, As a result... I think we uh, remind everybody that safety is important, especially when you're out in the park. So, Well, uh, that's a good story to pass along to our viewers. I'm glad that nobody got hurt and it was just a broken prop. It just takes you getting out of your routine just once, and then things start spiraling out of control. Yeah. The bummer about the whole thing, I just put that prop on that morning. So I literally only got <laughs> three flights on that prop, and then it right. broke again. So, Well, but, on a happy note, you, you know who's really good at that particular takeoff? Uh, AK Mike is really good at at flying his uh his tough wing yeah he's right got a little bit different setup though ours is set up for pure on speed speed <laughs> he's got a little <laughs> bit of a torque so yeah he does he does a good job with that i've tried it so i've actually launched it like i said it works about 30 percent of the time. oh well despite everything it looks really cool it does look really yeah. cool <laughs> it looks and really, it is really loud cool. coming off of that thing man our, oh, our props are turning 60,000 revolutions a minute and it's at six six props, so it's just devastating. It just beats the air. It sounds really, really good. It does. I kind of wanted to make a correction while we were thinking about it. We had a discussion a couple of weeks back about the Mavic lost. It was lost. Yeah, it was lost. Yeah. You got in touch with the FAA, and we did a podcast on it that we we felt that they were kind of a cop out. Right. So just to, to let our view, our listeners know. Out, out where Michael lives, um, a person lost uh, this Mavic drone out in uh, a state park there, and it was found by one of the club members, and they were trying to figure out what to do with it. I went ahead, found out the information about the drone, and I wrote to – and then I called the FAA. Unfortunately, when I all the replies that I got back from them was, oh, just let the local police know, and that's it. Now, I provided them all of the information for the person who had it, who to call – email addresses, everything that, you know, I figured, you know, I knew they weren't going to give us their information, the person who lost it, but I figured they could pass that information on to them. To me, there's no reason to involve the police because, hey, I found this thing that was lost. Here's the FAA. They have all the information. They could pass it on to the guy who lost it. You can call those people. Enough said. Everybody's happy. Right. But (laughs) no, no, I was sadly mistaken. That was not the way it was going to work. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well you'd be interesting to know that we actually found the owner they did turn it into the police and i had mentioned on the podcast basically that i didn't think that that's how the program was set up to where the uh, you know turn it into the police and they call the feds and fa and say hey look we found this squad who does it belong to when in reality 
I did a little research, and that's exactly how the program was meant to be. Um, right. You and I mentioned earlier that if they landed it on the White House lawn, there's law enforcement is involved. They run in there and they say, okay, well, we've got this Mavic Quad or we've got some sort of a, a you know remote control vehicle. It has a number on it. Can you please inform us or give us the information on where we could find the individual? It wasn't, I don't think, designed to be punitive, but it was designed to be informative. And so it's exactly how it worked out. They found the owner because they took it to the police. The police called uh, the FAA, gave them the information. They called the owner, and the owner had to come down to the police department, make a statement, and get his property back. So it did right. work exactly how it was supposed to. Having said all that, it's kind of a moot point now, right? Yay! Yes, it is. <laughs> So evidently the FAA lost their lawsuit. And I'm so happy that they did. Yeah. Fortunately for us, or at least you and I, we registered before when we got our $5 back. But for all those people that registered after the deadline, unfortunately they lost their 5 bucks. I think. Yeah. They're, I, okay. So once again, to help our listeners out. So the FAA, you know, once they had set up this whole program – to register every, not only drone users, all RC flyers, et cetera, over what is a pound and a half, you know, had yeah, to register. Two sticks of butter. Two sticks of butter. So after they, they basically had done this for our safety to make the airwaves safe and safe for the nation right. because it was so, so dangerous. 747s were going to fly to the sky if they didn't stop this. So now that they've done this program, somebody challenged it and they said, hey, wasn't there some provisions that were in there by Congress that said that nobody should make any rules, any more rules to make, you know, to restrict RC flying or anything upon those people to make it, you know, I don't know, tougher to fly. And lo and behold, a smart lawyer who happens to be an RC flyer and he wants to fly drones or he loves right, drones. Right. Came out, got some money, had people donate some money to him and uh, he challenged, he challenged them and he won. And in short order, I mean, the lawsuit hasn't been going on for like 18 years. It's only been going on for maybe about six months. Yeah, it's been relatively quick. I, I was really shocked at how fast it moved. Oh, yeah. And um, we all win. We win. Right. The little guy wins anyway. The for little now. guy wins. For, for now. now. Right. It, we'll see if they, they try to bring it back to Congress. But I think that will be very difficult for the FAA to do that because I know a lot of congressmen will say, well, show us the data, the statistics of all the – impacts or right near misses the faa is going to be like uh well this if, well here on this data sheet uh that if we had it it would look like this because <laughs> there is no data there is no data there is no statistics well there's and there's o- there's only uh the reports that people get of oh i think i saw a drone kind of thing and actually okay. I, I don't know if you remember way back uh when the first they, they had an incident where somebody said that the uh, I think it was a British Airways or something said they got hit by a drone. I don't know if yes. you remember that. Yes, I and, remember and that. Then they, and then they researched it and actually found out it was a a plastic bag that you get from the grocery store that actually <laughs> hit the airplane. That leaves a big impact. <laughs> yes. So uh, the funny story about this, I was I was with Jim uh, Burke, who's over at, at uh, RC Groups. He and I were flying real airplanes together. Come to find out the wind picked up on the ramp and this – plastic bag started rolling towards his airplane and i yelled out from across the parking lot hey stop that that drone before it hits jim's airplane and jim and i busted out laughing everybody else was looking around for this drone and it was just a plastic bag rolling across the the ramp 
but Jim, I, he couldn't stop laughing because he, he totally got it. I mean, he was part right. of it. You know, he's in this hobby too. We just got the giggles over it. It was pretty funny. So he mentioned it, I think, at some point where he said, yeah, Mike shows the drone, you know, flying towards my airplane. It was a plastic bag. Sure, I think it was sure like a Walmart bag. bag or something. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about doing that, just grabbing it, putting Sharpie marker drone, you know. And, you know, it is exciting because that's, you know, that's part of the hobby. And, and you don't want to kill the hobby. But no. you don't, you, you know, you don't want the uh, the government getting too involved either. I do understand that eventually there's going to have to be some sort of regulatory Look. Sure. It, drones are the future. I mean, this is going to be big in another, by, you know, another 10 years from now when we're super old. Right. You know, I remember the day where there weren't any drones, you know. <laughs> yes, I do remember that day. Now look at it. <laughs> uh, I was at but, the store uh, today and the guy was flying an inductrix around uh, the store basically in his, in his goggles. And oh, this and was I, pretty funny too because the store owner running around in there, it was Duncan's RC here in Phoenix. If uh, you live in Phoenix, you can uh, – Crews over there. They got some great products, and we'll give a shout out to them. Yeah, the guy behind the counter was flying this inductrix around, and and uh, the other guy that was working there says, "Yeah, I, I'm not really fond of that inductrix, inductrix, or any of the FPV stuff." Why do you say that? Yeah, I was. I looked at him. I go, "Really?" And he goes, "Nope." He said, "Not me." He goes, "You will not find me putting those goggles on and flying something around." I was like, "Now, why would they say that?" He goes, "Because they can lop you on the head like a baby seal and steal everything from you." He goes, "You'll be unconscious. <laughs> You'll never see it coming." <laughs> I lost it, dude. I started laughing, <laughs> and the guy goes, "What do you mean?" There was a customer standing there, and he goes, "What do you mean, like a baby seal?" And he goes, "You know, a bat right on the head, hit that baby seal, you'd go down like a bag of you know hammers, and then they'd just take your drone and radio and everything and start running." That's right. It just back the truck up to the store and just start unloading everything. And I, oh, I, that's too funny. I looked at him and I said, and they'd get that pair of $350, uh, $50 goggles that he's got on his face too. And the customer's like, those goggles are $350. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> yeah, they ain't cheap, man. As I said, if I was going to club him like a baby seal, I could care less about the inductrix. I want that friggin' goggles that he's got on his face. Cause he had the, you know, the nice fat shark dominator twos or whatever they were. Oh, anyway, God. it was a pretty funny story. Uh, shout out once again to the guys over at Duncan RC. They, they're pretty funny guys. But uh, anyway. Well, like I said, I, you know, about the whole regulation thing, it, it was, you know, once again, they were doing it for safety. But, you know, they didn't have any statistics. As you were saying, you know, there were, there were, there were, they were reporting things, but they weren't following up on it. They were just making reports. And, and I got it. This is another thing since you're a real pilot. You know, you're, you're coming in for a landing. And you're doing, I don't know, what are you doing about uh, between 150 to 200 knots or so for uh, coming? Yeah, for final, coming down approach? The final approach about 190 knots. Okay. That's about so, 200, 230 miles per hour. I, I'm going to say if you have something like a Phantom 3, you know, and you're, and you're hovering it, if it was hovering right in front of the plane or you were going to go over it, you might see it, you might see the lights if it's the right light setting condition. But if it's new high noon, I'm going to say probably you're not going to you're not going to see it per se. It's going to be basically the same thing as seeing a, a plastic bag floating maybe in the sky, and I'm not even sure you could see that per se. I mean, if it's right in front of you, you might see it, but if it's off to your right or left, I'm going to say more than likely you may not see it. Mm, I'm going to disagree with that. It really okay. My big thing that I'm saying is that a lot of these things where they the pilots would come down and say I saw a drone and it was flying in front of me. And I, you know, I feared for my life or I hit something and I think it was a drone. 
And, you know, my next thing is, okay, so when they went out to inspect the plane, you know, did they see feathers stuck, you know, to one of the nacelles, you know, on the bottom of the aircraft? I mean, you've hit a few birds here and there. I have. And, (laughs) and, and I mean, it's left a dent or two in your aircraft that probably could buff out, but still. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) I I will tell you that I've hit, I've hit many birds actually in two, two times, two specific events. Uh, I took a brown pelican uh, through the motor. Ooh, they are not. They are not small, and they're not. But I took it right through the motor. Like he literally went right through, and nom, 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 nothing nom, was nom. left when he came out. Right. Um, we were on short final going into Fort Lauderdale, coming across the intercoastal, and he just happened to be cruising down the intercoastal. It was terrible because I can't do anything to avoid it. He just was cruising down the intercoastal. He wasn't looking out for this big jet motor. It was about to suck him right through there. So it wasn't really much we could do. However, it. The airplane really didn't didn't care. You know, it, it kept flying. We didn't come out of the sky. There was a little burble in the motor. I I thought we kind of, you know, probably ingested him. But at the same time, it wasn't until we landed and then you could start smelling the barbecue smell mm. <laughs> in the mm, that must have been wonderful in the cabin. But it did do some serious damage enough where they had to ground the the airplane and, and they canceled the next flight over it. The second time was basically a, a big uh, Canadian goose, and we all kind of know what happened. Damage. Yeah, sure. we know we know we know what happened to Sully. I actually didn't hit a flock of them; I just hit one, and it put a basketball-sized dent right in the nacelle, uh, the heating unit of of the motor. But the rest of the birds that I've hit can be of various sizes. I've I've taken them right, you know, right against the windscreen and on the nose and on the tails, that kind of thing. And they definitely do leave residual biological material. As a matter of fact, they leave it enough that the authorities can come test it and tell you what type of bird it was. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it is kind of neat. There's huge amount of reports after, you know, Sully's deal and the Hudson, we have to fill out all this report about, you know, coming in contact with birds where I was disagreeing with you is the sighting because I, I, even though I'm moving very, very quickly, I, I can see from my vantage point, I can see a lot. I can see balloons. I can see uh, small birds the size of maybe a sparrow, something larger. I can see those relative motion. And I, I probably couldn't tell you what type of bird it is, but I can see the black dot moving out. And I know that that's a bird and it's you know getting bigger. Okay. I, can, I can see those. I can see movement. Okay, I may not be able to identify it. So, for those guys that looked outside and they saw something that they did, they couldn't really identify, and they they saw this motion where it went from stable to you know maybe went up and then down and then left and right. They would automatically assume that that's a drone type activity because there's no flying object that can make those motions. Uh, didn't we just talk about a plastic bag getting blown around in the wind? Just there a is a plastic ago? bag, but I can tell you, I, I know what a Mylar balloon looks like. I've been hitting the window, you know, at 30,000 feet by a Mylar balloon and I can see it from far off and it's stationary. It's got a specific shape. Sure. I'm just saying that the closer I get to something, I could probably identify it. Now I will tell you that if that drone hit the airplane, there would be some damage to the airplane, but it wouldn't probably in my eyes take the the airplane down uh it would probably do just as much damage as the bird you know it could put a dent in it but 
the problem is, is that guys, if they see something and it's unidentifiable, they probably automatically assume it's a drone. And that, that was where the FAA kind of grabbed it and said, oh, look, we have all these sightings, you know, people fly them. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's not some idiots out there that are flying oh, no, no, I'm, right I'm not, at the end I'm of not the trying runway. To, I'm not trying to say that there aren't people who, who, who are doing that, trying to get a shot or doing something like that. I'm, I'm just saying it to the, to, to the effect of where the FAA was just saying, hey, there's a million drones going to be sold this Christmas. We have to do something or else the skies are going to be raining plane debris. I mean, they were, you know, quite literally, they were like, people are, there's just people going to be falling out of the sky. Right. They're going to be sucked yeah, airplanes out. You know, everywhere. The drones, every plate going down everywhere. And I, and just, I, and I just was looking at it going, well, what statistics are they using for this? I mean, they're quite literally, yes, there might be a million drone operators, right. you know, from Christmas, but every day you, you fly, there are a billion birds. And I mean, you've, and you've hit us and you've hit a few, but that's out of a billion right? compared to a million. That's nothing. A million is nothing compared to a billion. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just statistically speaking the, for you to hit a person or for a person to hit a plane or that this to happen, not that it couldn't happen or wouldn't happen. I'm just saying that statistically it's very low for this, for this to be happening or to occur. It's going to be a very low number. Now I'm not saying that we shouldn't think that in the future, hey, commercially and, you know, and once again, putting a PSA out to everybody to, to warn of this potential danger of where you shouldn't fly. Hey, I think you should put a sticker on it, a sticker on these drones or any model aircraft and just say, hey, fly according to the, I think there's already a lot of them out there say that says fly according to the AMA rules. Here's where you can get those rules. Right. But to actually put, like we were just talking about, a punitive damages or punitive uh things upon putting a number on it that it you know that they're going to call you up and they're going to come looking for you is it even going to work is a little label on on a drone that's been hit by 747 even going to be found no <laughs> uh, probably not all there's going to be is dust if, yeah. if my little two pound phantom drone gets hit by uh, an airbus i'm just saying there's not going to be much well, found if you won't be you know, a whole lot left there won't yeah. be a lot left yeah. you know you'll be lucky to find that little label that's all that's all i'm saying mike i i'm just trying to put it into some sort of reality of okay i'm investigating this accident that occurred i you know you come and tell i go and investigate i run out there and i'm looking for drone parts not to say that i I won't find any but i'm going to say it's going to be really hard for me to find evidence that's all yeah unless it was stuck in the side of the airframe yeah no I, i if you luck out you luck out right you know i'm just trying to make it so not once again, not to be overwhelming to us, because once again, once they put this out, everybody was freaking out where I was living, because uh, like like I'm talking about, I I, just, I got this new glider now. Oh, all of a sudden I have to worry about over 400 feet because when the, when this thing first came out, everybody's like, well, now nobody can fly over 400 feet. Well, how, what's 400 feet? I I don't know. I never right. had to worry before. Right. Now I have well, to I have, know, a, I have to look up and glider. see what it is. And yeah. I, yeah. I I you know I start looking for for thermals at 400 feet, you know, right. That's, that's all I'm saying, you know, and and it was just something they couldn't enforce. And then now you're asking the police force to enforce this stuff and they don't know anything about the FAA rules and they're trying to find criminals and meth heads and, you know, gangbangers. And now they have to worry about a little kid and his grandpa flying a drone in the front yard and they're going to stop him to go, uh, is that registered? 
and the, you know, the guy's going to ask them, well, what registration do I need? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think you need some registration. Do you have any? They don't need to be doing that. You're saying they have more important criminals to find? Yes, I, they have a, they have enough to do. And and let's go back to the, to the original thing of the guy with the Mavic, right? They call the police. They turn it into the police. The police get it. All I'm saying is now the police have this thing. And now they're going to ask the guy, well, where were you flying it? What time were you flying? Were you supposed to be there? Why were you there? Why were you taking pictures? We, does this thing take pictures? Hey, we found this this card. Were you supposed to be, be taking pictures of these people? Did you get their permission? You know, just they're inquisitive and they're always fishing. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm for police, but I'm just saying it's in their nature. So now you take this thing of just being lost. The guy was just flying. If it was between, you know, us and him, Hey, mm. we returned his drone back. He's happy. We're happy. But now you get the police involved. They start asking a lot of questions. Next thing you know, now this guy's in trouble. Now, you know, maybe he wasn't supposed to be flying in the park. I don't know, but I'm just saying it just, it just gets it people paranoid. I'm, I'm one of those kind of paranoid people that the, you know, the cop's going to, you know, were you supposed to be flying? Were you flying over 400 feet? Uh, 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 well, prove to me that you weren't flying over 400 feet. Uh, 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 I, I don't know. know. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's enough of me ranting <laughs> on that stuff. But anyway, speaking of flying, where's your tin, feet, where's your tinfoil hat? You're yeah, really. Right. <laughs> tinfoil hat. <laughs> Get my gun. Well, this kind of goes in a segue since something new. Uh, so you have a new device that can tell you if they're flying over 400 feet, right? I, I do. Yes, I do, well, actually. Tell the world about your new toy. Um, I actually, as people know, I, you know, my A10, I'm collecting <laughs> parts and uh, have yet to assemble it, but I got everything together. And so I, I was trying to decide on what type of receiver, you know, to go with. And I wanted something that, it requires a six-channel receiver, so I started looking for six-channel receivers. So, so you're going to get one of those three-dollar uh, Uncle Crackos receivers? Uh, sure, sure. I have <laughs> several of those in my in my bag already. I don't really want to put that on this airplane. So. I don't understand why not. Well, you know, I I think I uh, sent you something that had a budget on it, and then I had what <laughs> I put on the budget, and then what I went so folks. Just so you understand, like, um, so we have this, like, a national budget, what, we're, what we want to have, like, okay, we want to have national defense, this, that, you know, it's going to cost this much. <laughs> and then we always go over the budget. Yeah. Mike, Mike <laughs> hell, upheld that fine tradition. He, he, he had a proposed budget, and he well went over that budget. And let's just say we have a new deficit. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just say the U.S. government would be very happy. They would be very proud of you. You might have yes. a you might have another career working for the IRS. Or, I could, you know. yes, or at least Congress, <laughs> anyway. That's yeah, like, Congress. There you go. Well, so anyway, I I was going through this troublesome thought process of what receiver I should put in there, and I looked at the Lemon receivers, and I looked at Spectrums and Free Sky, and all, all the other ones out there, trying to figure out was what what to put in there. Now I run a DX18, and this thing has a lot of servos on it. It does have a a little board that kind of keeps all that stuff uh, in check. Right, right. But on the off chance that something happens to the board, my radio can fill all those channels too. I don't need the board on there. Ooh. So I thought, well, maybe I should get a receiver that has more than just six channels in case I wanted to put some other stuff on there. I could. And so I started looking around and of course, you know, the spectrum stuff happens and, and I, I went to go, uh, you know, look at the new Spectrum radio, uh, spectrum receivers, and I found a 9550. 
And this 9550 is very interesting. It's got diversity antennas. It's a nine-channel nice. uh, receiver. It's a full, nice. a full um, what do they call it, a full range. It's got also telemetry. Good. Even better. And it's got an I AS- love tre- I love telemetry. Tre- uh, I can't even say that word. Telemetry. There you go. <laughs> I don't have to make up a new word tonight. That's right. And it's got <laughs> ASX3. Ooh, even better. That's that's. So that's five strikes there. I mean, wow, you're that's true. firing on all cylinders. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it didn't uh, It didn't stay in the store. It came home with me. It <laughs> came home with you. <laughs> it wasn't a hard it got, sell. It, it got adopted. It did that's get nice. adopted. So now I'm like running around trying to figure out, well, this thing has telemetry on it, so I got to put something in there. So now I have, you know, you and I have been talking about this, and at the Electric Festival, I lost my my sea fury we've talked about several times and that's kind of piece that's kind of what made kind of what made room for this but the conversation that you have that you and i've been having is when we get to this level of or the size i guess not level but when we get to the size of these type airplanes i am literally using two five thousand milliamp six cell batteries in this thing Mm, and we have separate becs for that but i'm Based on this accident that we had at the electric festival, motor mounts came loose. It wrapped up the the motor mount lead or the motor leads. The leads are attached to the escape. The escape wraps up in this twisting motion and pulls basically the the power right out of the receiver. Right, and it lost all power to the receiver. Plane falls out of the sky like a rock. Now you and I both talked about if I had had a receiver pack a battery for just the receiver, I could have had all yes. my servos you, still working and dead, you you know, landed. basically landed the airplane because yes. I already had the gear down. I already had the flaps out. Everything was ready. I was going down, you know, just downwind in the, in the motor mount, three screws came off and it just spun around. It, it almost would have been better had all four of them come out because then the motor would have just let loose. But that spinning motion around that, that fourth screw is what wrapped everything up and yanked yep. the power out. So you and I were talking about this particular plane, and I don't, since the, we went to this big, huge bu- budget overrun, I, I don't want that to happen on this one. And using this size battery uh, with this many servos, they're all digital, they're all metal gear. I just How had, many are there? Uh, there's a lot. There's like one for every control surface, or two for every control surface. So there's two aileron, two rudder, two elevators, three uh, landing gear. One nose gear steering, inboard flaps. There's two for that and two for the outboard flaps. What is that, 15, 16 <laughs> yes, servos? about, yeah. So now we're worried about pulling a lot of amps. Plus, I've got two big EDFs that are eating up all these 5,000 milliamp batteries. So each EDF has their own battery. And, and I just got to thinking about it in my head. Well, I'd still have my airplane if I had a receiver pack. How hard is it to be, you know, to figure out how to get a receiver pack to put in there you know, to run all the voltage. And I, and I think that it's also wise because this is an EDF and it's power hungry. Yes. And those, and it sounds like two 5,000 pack milliamp packs will be, you know, wow, you, you're worried about power off of those two things. Well, they're totally getting sucked out, drained by those two EDFs, you know, oh, yeah. five minutes of flight and they're totally getting sucked out. Now you're asking it to also supply power for 15 digital servos. So it just makes sense to have a separate battery pack, it's doing its thing. So if you just happen to run, you know, 
that, that classic, let me go around one more time. Right. Right. And you have to go, or it's too much wind or something, or whatever the condition is, you go around that for that last pass. Well, then the EDFs give out, and now you have minimal power to give out, give amps to those amp hungry digital servos. So it does make sense for this particular plane to put this in. Well, and there's plenty of room in there, so I figured I'd do it. So I did get a 2200 milliamp uh, LifePo4 battery, uh, which will run my receiver. All right. So I'm thinking about this telemetry stuff, how I'm going to do it. So I basically started, you know, kind of collecting these little telemetry things. So now I can actually look at what my receiver pack is because that's the most important thing to me is uh, running all my servos. So now I have a receiver pack telemetry that'll that'll send back data to my radio, my DX18, uh, that that shows what my receiver pack is feeding, you know, amperage or voltage, I guess, uh, to my receiver. Then I have another little uh, input that will take my flight packs and give me data for the flight pack. Then I don't know Great. why I don't know why I was thinking this, but I thought, well, <laughs> there's like four or five other options that you can do. Uh, all of that's taken care of by a new GPS input that you can oh, get. Yes, and now, now I can now. get altitude, ground speed, lat longs, <laughs> tracks. So anyway, that is now. Uh, both basically I can use it in my really speedy glider, my uh, E-Typhoon. I can use yeah. it in that, and I can use it in the AT, and I can swap out, and it will give me all that data. So I'm I'm pretty excited. The amazing part is not the GPS unit. It's the actual receiver itself. The receiver itself is pretty amazing. Spectrum has really outdone themselves with this. I, I don't know what changed over there at those guys' little factory, but... You know, Spectrum was kind of lagging behind there for a little bit. Well, I think it has to do a lot. You know, when we had AK Mike on, and he was talking about the Free Sky system. Once again, competition is a good thing, and it is a good thing. Free Sky's been coming out, and all their receivers have built-in telemetry. I mean, the majority of them do, and they have all sorts of sensors for them. So, once again, if you're going to stay in the market, you have to come out with something similar. Understood, and and I get it. And the problem, I mean, it's not a problem. What I think happened with Spectrum is that they came out with several different types. They came out with a receiver, then they came out with a telemetry module. Yes, there, and those, that's was, what I have. Then there was, um, you know, they came out with a receiver that had ASX3 in it, Three. which all, yeah. all of the little UMX guys started mm-hmm. you know, using that. Unbelievably, yes. Right, and and so I, I think there came, there, there, I think there needed to be at some point in their marketing plan that hey you know what this information can all be combined and literally can be put inside of a postage stamp and we can put that with some diversity antennas on it and sell it as a whole unit and and that's really where they are at matter of fact i know that they just released a nine channel and a 20 channel receiver 20 channel that are full telemetry as well and the telemetry 20 channels for i don't know Well, I mean, think about it. This airplane here has a, a flight board in it. Uh, and if you didn't have the flight board, you wouldn't be able to run it off of a six channel. I mean, th- just all those servers. Oh, that's true. Like 15 no, that's channels. True. Unless that's you true. wanted to Y harness everything in. So the flight the flight boards that, they, that these guys have and the sequencers and that kind of thing, they've come a long way with those little flight boards to be able to put everything in there and then now come, you know, directly into a six channel receiver. So you have... 
basically a channel for you know aileron rudder and elevator and landing gear yeah it, in fact you if it you flaps. think about the sea fury had one as well because um yes it not, did. because it did the, like you said it did the flaps it did the landing gear the landing gear it had flap doors so the flap doors had to have a sequencing unit on it so that they opened mean? first and closed last oh yeah you know? landing, landing gear doors you mean not flap, yeah landing doors not, that flap doors, the landing gear doors. Excuse right. Me. So they were sequenced. Uh, they opened and the gear came out yep. and the, the gear doors closed. So there were two servos for each one of those. Right. And, and, had and the ability it was, to drop it was the bombs. authentic. So it wasn't, right. it wasn't like it snapped open and snapped closed. Yes. It was a, cl- it was a slow, uh, modulated close. Exactly. And it, and it could drop the tanks too. It had, um, you know, you could flip a switch oh, yeah. and drop the tanks and it had aileron rudders, um, Two aileron, a rudder, and an elevator servo. So there, yep. and it had a flight board for all of that as well. I wanted to kind of touch a little bit on this AR ninety three fifty. This little unit is pretty impressive, and I've been playing around with it. It's not even in the airplane yet, but I I've just been playing around with it, trying to figure this out and get everything done. I've, so so let me ask you. So how many how many videos on YouTube have you been viewing from from Spectrum? I think Pro- you mentioned probably something. about thirty. <laughs> just <laughs> just for this receiver alone. Yes, just for I, this that sounds kind of crazy. But luckily, Spectrum came out with videos, which is awesome. Uh, it, I, I have to give it up to the Spectrum guys because I kid you not. If I if they were to hand me this thing and say, "Hey, good luck," there's no way. There, there is so much power involved in this. It, it, it is phenomenal. So first things first, I, I open this thing. I, I look at the, bu- the book, and the book tells me, oh, by the way, you need to go onto your iTunes account and download the application for this receiver. It has an app? It has an app. So the app is basically from Spectrum. And it's basically a dashboard for your receiver. Now, if you haven't seen one of these or, or even, you know, I mean, it's fairly new on the market. So if you haven't had a chance to play with it, it's pretty phenomenal. But I would, on your Android or on your iPhone, I would run over to the, basically to the store and download this Spectrum app. Because the Spectrum app is phenomenal. So now what it says is now that I have the application on my phone, I literally can set up the entire receiver right on my phone. You, meaning you don't have to do it on your radio, on the phone. You do it on the no. phone or your tablet. I can do it on the phone or the tablet up to a point. Some things I have to do in the receiver, but in this particular case, uh, it's got a little wizard, you touch the button and it says, what, what kind of airplane do you have? And you set your airplane up. You set up your control surfaces. You set up your type, whether it's a V tail or a regular tail or two servos or one servo. Then you assign because this, this doesn't have, remember when we bought these and the, and it would say aileron rudder. Sure. Uh, you know, it had a little, sure. it, you had to it'd, it'd be labeled. Yeah. These are not labeled that way. These are labeled ports one through nine, period. It doesn't care. It basically, it doesn't care what port does what. It just depends on what you, how you want to assign them. The right. Because now in the nice. application, it, you, you basically pull up the port assignment and it's got a picture of your airplane and all the control surfaces are now highlighted. 
And you can just basically touch one and say, oh, that's the left aileron. It's going to be in port six. That's the rudder. It's going to be in port two. And you just set them up that way. You can set up all your servos, whether they're going the right direction. Now, did I mention that you can do this while it's in the airplane and while it's live? No, so, yeah. So what what it's re- what it's requesting you to do is there are seven, how many different ways? Eight. Eight. There's four sides to this servo, right? So you can mount it. You have to mount it the right way, facing forward or aft. So it has to be that direction. It has to be lined up with the axis. Oh, so okay. So for a good example, like for our tough wings, okay. Even though it's just two servos. Half the time, we'd, we'd have to keep flopping the uh, servo direction around until the control surfaces move the right way. Because right. if we, depending on how we set it or how you turn the servos, it would make it would make it do something totally different. You're like, I set this, I I did this wing, and it and it doesn't it didn't have this problem. It should have worked on this one. You don't realize that, like you said, you turn the servos around so that the head is closer to the back, or it's further or closer to the nose. And it's changed the direction of what it's or what side it or even the side that you have the servo arms on. Okay, so, yeah, yeah I, that's that's, that's, that's for awesome. the servo itself. Uh, this yeah. is the actual receiver because the receiver has ASX in it. It has to be sitting in the airplane in a certain. Oh, direction. you're talking about for okay. So for the gyro, you're saying that you correct. It's not just sitting flat on the board. Now you can have it sitting on its side, or you can sit it having sitting upside down. It's wherever you can fit it in the fuselage, and then you assign this is how. This is how it, the uh, the board is is configured or or you know com, you know facing which way it's facing. Correct. So that's so pretty, that's, that's pretty neat. And you do that in your phone. Then you, it's the weirdest thing. There's two different ways. I have a Bluetooth cord that plugs into the receiver, and via Bluetooth on my phone, I can actually program the receiver. So I go in there and push all that information. It writes to it basically. It writes to the you know, to the firmware on it. And then now I can turn my radio on. I, I, you know, I bind it to my radio. Now I can turn the radio on and open the app. Now I can actually change servo, reverse the servos in my phone. I can okay, change so that's more the, what I was talking about. Yeah, right. That's cool. I can change the expo, the dual rates. Um, I can, I can put mixes in. I can do all of that from my phone while it's sitting here get out of the screen and it automatically via Bluetooth or they do, I will tell you, you have the Bluetooth cord. I don't think is available anymore. I, I actually have one, but um, they have one that just plugs into your speaker port and then just goes right into the, oh, okay. uh, you know, so you can use it either or, and now I can, I can actually program it and then move my stick to move the, uh, you know, let's, let's say I'm programming dual rates. So I do, I go 50% dual rates in my phone on the application. Then I can actually move the stick on my radio and see the actual effect of the, the 50%. 50%. Right. And instead of trying to figure out numbers, they actually put a graph. So you can actually move the parts of the graph around. And while you're holding the stick, you can actually see, you know, how this changes. And then it'll write to uh, – you know, the firmware again, and then you can actually see the change. Amazing. It's even better. So now that I've got better, all that, great. now that I've got all that set up, okay, I can actually set up three flight modes on this receiver. Now, at first I thought, oh, well, that's for glider stuff. Well, it's not. 
So this is what they suggest that you do. You put a flight mode one with uh, actually three flight modes. You can do flight mode one, flight mode two, flight mode three. In a flight mode one, you set your ASX to your ailerons. In flight mode two, you set your ASX to the elevator. And in flight mode three, you set it to the rudder. Now, what that allows you to do, if you think about this, is you take off your ASX, your basically your stabilizer, is oh, now set I, to just the, the aileron, rudder. the ailerons. Oh. In flight mode one, it's just the ailerons. Right, but if you're taking off, wouldn't I want the rudders so it keeps the plane tracking straight? I haven't even got that far yet. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying Sorry. That now if I'm in flight <laughs> mode one gotcha. and, I, and I just have my stabilizer on the ailerons, now I can adjust the aileron stabilization on the fly. Nice. Now I can adjust that to where I can get it right where I need to flip over while the same flight. Oh, now I understand where you're I can now flip to mode two. And now I'm adjusting the elevator ASX. And that's it. I see. And now the mode three, I'm only adjusting the rudder. So I can basically fly the airplane instead of the old way to do it was to go fly it, turn those little pots, you know, and they pots come down. Pots to see what they're doing. And yet right. you couldn't really tell which one was shaking the airplane. So the way to do it was to turn them all down, rotate the aileron up, go fly it, come back, adjust it. Right. All of that can be done right on my application now while I'm flying. I'll I, I take that back. I'm sorry. It can be done in the radio with your trims. So you, you put it in a relative mode, I think is what they call it, instead of absolute mode. And now you can actually assign the trim to modulate that, you know, to make it right. work. So as I do that, now what I can do is I can come down and land and look at the actual radio, and then I can jot all those numbers down, put it in my phone in the application, put all my you know, trims back to zero, hit the button, now it goes right to the, the, um, the receiver and writes to the firmware and the receiver. So now it's set up exactly perfect. I like it. You can do all that on the first flight, on just the very first flight. Right. Which I have, I have stabilizers in a lot of my airplanes from, you know, different companies. It's always very difficult, you know, to set it up originally because you have to set all the pots, go fly, turn around, come down, reset the pots, go fly, turn around, come down. And, you know, I do have the ability to kind of modulate the gain during the flight so I can increase or decrease the gain. But I can't really increase or decrease the pots. This allows me to do both, which is truly amazing. That, that's pretty neat. And now, like, <clears throat> and now that you were saying before about the flight modes, I can also see setting. You know, after you've done that and you've configured, you know, you've kind of configured and gotten the baseline for setting your for setting your uh, receiver up and your uh, gyros up, then setting up your flight mode one and two. You know, uh, at least the flight mode one and flight mode two. And maybe like when like when you usually like to take off, you usually like to have no gyros on. You, Correct. You want full control to take off. But I could see here you have it set up where you have just the rudder. Right. And so most problems that people have with all planes usually taking off is that 
the plane ground loops or it does something strange. And with this, you could just turn on just the rudder. So now you, you, you line the plane up, you start to take off, and now it will track straight. Theoretically, it should track straight as the torque or the P-factor comes in, and it should hold your plane straight down the runway, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't go offline, and you can take off, flick it into flight mode two, and then you can have no control. You know, you could have the ailerons with the rudder and the elevator. And then if you want to have, let, let's say, um, you want to do some acrobatics or you want to do something, you know, a little crazy, then you can put it in flight mode three where you turn off all the gyros or you turn them all way down. Right? You know, and that is such a great idea that Spectrum actually came up with it. Doing! I should be working <laughs> for those guys. They have a heading hold mode that you can activate. Now, the heading hold mode will hold whatever the, the heading of the airplane is at that particular moment. So let's say that you exactly what you were talking about you turn the gyros on for the heading mode and you put the throttle in there and it stays on that heading. Or nice. if you pulled up into a hover, it stays in that heading. Or if you did a knife edge flight and you put the nose at 45 degrees, so you're going to fly 45 degrees across, you know, in front of you with the nose at 45 degrees up in a knife edge, it stays in that heading. That is very nice. Yes, it is very impressive. I, I cannot believe how powerful this application and this particular uh, receiver are. It, it is it has truly amazed me for this, you know, few days that I've been messing with it. Uh, when I brought it home, I thought, no, nah, you know, it's it's cool. I won't really use much of any of that because I just wanted it for the channels. But then the ASX kind of kicked in and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just use one or two, you know, I it never hurts. I like to use the uh, the stabilizers on landing because you don't get any funky, you know, right. oscillations or anything. <clears throat> but you're right. I don't like it for takeoff, and I don't like it when I'm doing 3D stuff, and I want to be able to turn it off. Some of these stabilizers uh, have limitations where you can't really turn the whole thing off. You just have to turn the gain down. Right. Well, taking a a page out of some of the other stabilizers – um, that we've talked about before, these guys now have a linear adjustment. So, so what it does is that I can, I can put the adjustment in to where if I'm at center stick, I have a hundred percent of the gain. And as I move my stick towards the outward side, you know, towards the edge, I lose all the gain. I like that. Yeah. So now it's called priority, and so now my priority, I can actually decrease it to 50% or it's incremental in one degrees or one percentages. And that makes so much sense if you're going to be doing 3D-type work or, or flights because you're, as, you're as you're pushing it harder and harder to the out, outermost part of the sticks right. where you need it to do the most like tumbling or, or something, a radical maneuver that's quick. Now it's not like you have to fumble and put it in a different flight mode or do anything like that. Now it's just automatically going, hey, I'm up to the outer sticks. He's he's got the st- he's got it. Oh, he let go of the sticks. I got it. That's I, I like that. Right. No, you are correct. And the amazing part is that when I'm out of the stick, you know, all the way to the uh, outside range of the sticks, and then I bring it back to the center really quick, I instantly have all my gyro back. So nice. think of how hard that stop is going to be. I'm tumbling, bring it back to the middle, and boom, it stops because all the gyros take over. And now I'm in heading mode again. 
it, it like is I just said amazing. It before, it's great to be living in the future, dude. Uh, I, it is I just, just amazing. Something like this five years ago, four years ago, you know, Buck Rogers stuff. And now, and now we have it in a package that fits in the palm of your hand. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah, it is really crazy. Awesome. So in, in my application on the dashboard, I can change the rate gain for the roll, pitch, and yaw, the head gain for roll, pitch, and yaw, priority for head pitch or for roll pitch and y'all and then my dual rates and my expos all of that each one has a flight mode so that's flight mode one two and three and then i'm changing you know nine different parameters or more than that one two three four five so 15 different parameters for each flight mode so how impressive is it that you can get down to literally you know these minute adjustments of one you know one percent and make it That's exactly awesome. how you want it, you know, how you want it on top, on top I, I, of that. I almost say for your, for your plane setup, after hearing about this receiver, I'd almost say that this receiver is just too much for the plane that you're going to have. Well, it probably is a little overkill. I mean, you know, the, it's an A-10 and it's an EDF and it's probably just going to be going back and forth. It's not going to be doing, you know, massive 3D type stuff. I don't think you're going to be tumbling it, but you, but you no, know what I'm saying. But I do. It's, it's nice to know that you you have that capability in in the receiver. And unfortunately, like I said, it may be a little bit too much for it. But at least now you've discovered this receiver for other planes in the future. You might want to you know upgrade or or trade some receivers out. So that's yeah, I could definitely awesome. do that. I mean, I have I have several 3D airplanes in the other room that you know I could put this receiver in and probably do much better. And I could take the okay. receivers out of there and, you know, there's seven channel receivers anyway. So, yeah. you know, it's not like you don't have enough. I just was looking for one, you know, for this one. And I thought, oh, this will be a good opportunity for me to test this out. And and so I wound up, you know, getting it. And I've been very well, Mike, impressed. Like I, I, said, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate days. you going out and getting this and testing it for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I didn't even get to the mixing part, but you can mix – you, I don't even know if there's a limit. You just keep adding. I haven't really added enough to get to where it says you can't add any more mixes, but it's just got a plus, you know, it says little box that says add mix, and I just keep touching it, and you can do whatever whatever well, mix you I, want. I, I So far, even, you know, as advanced as we are, I mean, our radios have enough mixing. I, you know, I've never gotten to the end and said, oh, I, need, I wish I had one more mix. I mean, wow. I will tell you though that this uh, this program and this application only works in the flight parameters. So adjusting the speed of my landing gear doors or the landing gear, all of that has to be done in the in the radio itself. That's okay, and That's I okay. I totally get that. I mean, because it's just it's just extra stuff. I mean this this app is dedicated you don't need to all you don't need the, flight stabilization for that stuff. No, you don't. No. But here's the other cool thing about this, um, the trim. So let's say that I get up there and it feels like it's really nose heavy and I'm I'm trying to put some trim in there. So I just I basically add some of that digital trim, right, from my right. from the trim little uh tabs. And then I fly the the airplane and I go, Okay, well that that sounds like or that feels like it's it's right. If I let go of the sticks and and fly hands off for two seconds, that's all it takes, two seconds it re-zeroes the trims in the receiver as the and new, adds, as and the adds that trim zero. in. That's nice. Yes. 
Now, let's say that I was really having some problems and I finally got it all trimmed up, but it just was not rigged right. And, you know, I got it to where I could fly it, but, you know, it, it was just I had to constantly be on the sticks. As soon as I land and let go of the sticks on landing for two seconds, it'll rewrite them all. So now it puts me back into that zero mode. So as long as I can get it back on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, if I've trimmed it in the air or I'm holding it and I can't get any more trim and I'm still holding the stick, once right. it touches down that two seconds after you let go of the sticks to zero, it'll retrim it and know exactly what you put okay, in. Okay, well, we're going to have to, after you start playing with this and actually you get it on board a plane, you're going to have to come back and report to us what you like and what you don't like about yeah. it. Yeah, well, I'm pretty excited. It's on just, paper, like I said, on paper it three... sounds great, but I, well, I like to hear a report back from you on the, your actual hands-on. Sure, I, I'm pretty excited about that. No, I, I get it. I I totally get it. And that you know, we didn't even talk any about the telemetry, but the telemetry numbers coming back. You know, I've got all that. So I'm, it's pretty amazing. ASX three telemetry, full range, um, nine channels, and diversity antennas. Well, I will it's say great, I will say uh, offhand for what you're going to be doing the telemetry you're going to like having telemetry it it and being that our radios talk to us you will like the telemetry to tell you you know what your flight pack what your flight pack is doing what your uh, engine packs are doing so especially on the EDF right, right. so if you're just kind of up there and you're just tweaking with it and just figuring out and trim, retrimming it out of course you're not going to be you know burning holes in the sky so you're going to be able to fly longer. And the nice part about that is compared to how we normally fly, you go, okay, five, I, I should get about five minutes with this thing. I'll set my timer. My timer will beep and then I'll land. Well, now with this thing, you can, you can set the voltage. You know, right. I want 3.8 on all my cells. When, when it gets to that, that's, what, that's the breaking point where I land. Not how long I've been flying, but the actual voltage. So when it says, right. hey, 3.8, beep, 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 and then you know, hey. Now I have a little headway, you know, for safety to land if something else goes wrong or, you know, I can do a couple of touch and goes before I, you know, settle in, but it's all based upon the voltage. And now it's, it's no guesswork because now you know exactly what's going on with your packs. That's, and it's huge. It's a different, totally different way of flying. Yeah, that is a different way. And, and it's funny because some of the guys that are talking about this particular airplane are like, well, how, you know, how long of flight times are we talking about? And most guys say we started two, uh, two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes and you know, 30 seconds or whatever. And then they kind of adjust with throttle management and try to figure out if they can get more right, or less. Right, but still, it's a guess. It's a guesswork. If you're, you're going to be doing hot flybys, you know, or, su- or super fast flybys, you do that two or three times and you may eat up, you know, three quarters of the pack and not even realize it. Sure. You go, yeah, or I should, I should have or, another minute. Right, or if you're flying around with everything hanging out and you've got a lot of power oh, yeah, in dirty there too. Stuff, so. yeah. Yeah, so this nope. way you can actually put – now, I can't tell what each individual cell is putting out, but I can tell what the total voltage is. Well, what the total voltage is. So if, right. if my voltage is, what, 22.6 or 8 or whatever it is when I start, I can actually set it to go down to 20, 22.3. And right. at 22.3, it'll set off an alarm or it will talk to me and say your voltage is low, and then I can come in and land. And that – you know, then I look at my timer and now I can set my timer for exactly, you know, 30 seconds prior you, to that. You can, but, but honestly, since now that you have this, you don't need your timer. Cause it'll tell I mean, me every time. Because it'll tell you every time. Cause like I said, if you're doing a couple of hot passes and you're thinking in your head, okay, it hasn't been two minutes or three minutes. And you're like, I've only flown for a minute and a half. You know, I still have, you know, another minute. 
well, maybe you don't and you have to land, but now you don't, there's, you take that guesswork out of there. That's true. Because the the telemetry comes up and says, you need to land. There's no guessing. Well, I got another minute. You don't have another minute. You're, you're at your, you know, you're at your threshold to land. Right. The same as if you were just kind of loitering around and you're like, wow, I've been up, you know, for a long time, it's been longer than five minutes. I, I think I really need to land. I, you know, I, it may come tumbling out of the sky. Well, wait till she starts talking to you and you may be surprised that you can loiter for a long time. It's awesome. It just takes the guesswork out of it. Now, you know, you don't have to worry about your timer. Yeah. So, Cause you're not actually, the timer is just a guesstimate of how much energy yes. is being used. So this will actually yes. tell you. It, it, basically it was just a good wag to help right. us. Right. You know, I've been flying for six minutes or eight minutes yeah, I should probably land about now. I, I was flying kind of hard. I was flying kind of soft. I could probably go for another. You know, you were always guessing. Right. So sometimes I didn't guess too well, though. In the <laughs> well, this takes it all out, and it's and it's awesome. I have I have telemetry on one or two of my plane, my bigger planes of six cells, and it really helps for those for those cells because one, you have bigger packs, right. and once again, you know, with a smaller pack, you know, you push it hard, you fly along or whatever. You you may think you have. 30%, 40%, and it eats it up in the next 30 seconds. You know, that last little bit of battery okay. that you had for a cushion. We're in a 5,000 milliamp battery, eh, not so much. You know, it has it has a lot more cushion before you get to that part where you have to definitely land. Or you know what I'm saying. You know, you're right. definitely going to have a little bit more leeway. At least for me flying, when, when I was just flying just on the um, uh, my timer, I would land and I would have so much more power left. I was barely even scratching what was left the capacity I had in the battery. Once I put telemetry in there, it was awesome because now I, I wasn't having to guess or be fearful. I had much more capacity than I than what I thought. So it's just nice to know. Well, that and the fact that I don't want to fly this uh, very expensive six-cell battery. Yeah. <laughs> down down like to the Congress. low, vo- yeah, down to the low voltage, uh, you know, cutoff, and then cut realize no. it won't ever charge. No, so, yeah, because these uh, these are actually really great batteries. I'm I bought the uh, the sixty five C Gen's Ace. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a new um, a new battery manufacturer for me, so we're gonna have to test those out and see as well. So. I, you know, it's going to give us some good, yeah, when this thing goes, uh, finally gets all put together. Uh, now I've got all the components. I just have to, you know, find time and, and get all this put together, but I've got batteries to report on new, um, telemetry stuff to report on. Right. And I've got flight characteristics to report on. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that I, uh, sounds like another podcast to me. Yeah, it does. Actually, uh, uh, before we go, I'll I'll tell you that I I got a new tool uh, for my toolbox as well. Uh, I, I shuddered to ask you what it may be. <laughs> well, you know me; I'm a gadget guy. You are Mister Gadget, and that I should be your, that should be your handle from now on. It should. Mister Gadget. Just call you G from now on. Hey, G, what's going on? <laughs> well, it's my philosophy only because I'm in a the industry that I'm in, it always makes the job easier if you have the right tool. Yes. I have to agree with that. I do collect, you know, the right tools for the job because I just think it makes my life easier. And and that's coming from way back when, when I was a kid, my father was like that. So he kind of passed it along. So, you know, if I have, I have a prop wrench, you know that Mm -hmm. Uh, you kept on, you held on to it for me for a little bit. (laughs) Yes, I did. Uh, When I took it up to your place and left it. 
So, you know, it makes it switching out props very easily. You know, I have different types of, you know, wrenches and electric stuff and soldering stuff. So it, it just makes my life so much easier uh, in order to do this. So I was kind of worried about this receiver pack we talked about earlier. Having a lot of servos, especially digital servos, digital Metal Gear servos are amp hogs. They can they really pull a lot of amps, especially like flaps, because as the flaps come down, now they're being held into that position by these by this digital uh, servo. Well, I started thinking to myself, how how much amps will fifteen you know digital servos pull? And and they're not all nine grams on this airplane. They're nine gram, seventeen gram, twenty nine gram. I mean, they're they've got quite the range. Uh, in right, size. depending on what surface they're they're controlling. Correct. So you know, obviously, if you're controlling a bigger surface, you need a bigger servo. So I started looking around because I I really kind of wanted to know what type of current amperage currents these servos were pulling. And surprisingly enough, they actually have a tool for that. Nice. Did, did you know that? I don't know if you knew that or not. Probably no, I, knew I didn't. Well, I just I just knew that it, to calculate this stuff out, normally you would kind of look at the uh, specs for the servos. And once again, you take your best wag at it to kind of guess, you know, right. that looks about right, you know, I guess, to take your to take to take your guess of how big of a service uh, battery pack you need. So um, I, so you said you found a tool that's going to help you with this. So yeah, thanks to makes R- it- thanks to Rick over at Hobby Bench uh, here in Phoenix. We, uh, I went over there and, and was telling him my dilemma. And he goes, oh, I have just the thing for you. Sitting on the shelf is a Hangar 9 product, and it's called a Digital Servo Receiver and Current Meter. Go figure. Here it is. So what it, what it does is it plugs in between the receiver and your and your basically your battery. So your, your receiver and the receiver pack. Now, all your servos are plugged into your receiver. So this right here will tell how many amps are being drawn out of your battery as you nice. exercise the servos. So it's kind of like a watt meter instead of between the motor and the batteries. It's a watt meter for your servos between your receiver and your and your servos. That is correct. Nice. And it's a digital, you know, readout so I can just read what the amperages are and there's a little button that tells me either amps or volts. So I can read either or, you know, let's just say that I had one that was chattering or something and I wanted to see, or it was a big servo and I didn't know if I could add it to everything. I can test one servo or I can test all of them with my, you know, in between my battery and my receiver. Right. So I can go in there and throw all my switches down and move all the servos at once. And it would, it should show me exactly how many amps I'm pulling. So how, how big is this unit? It's the size of my battery checker. Oh, okay. So the you Cell can, so Pro the, Eight, you know. So, the I'm, so I'm going to say that you could go ahead and put this in the plane, fly it. Now, does it have memory so that you could put it in the plane, fly it, and then come back down on the ground and just see what the, all the servos are doing? I'm not sure it has the the um, the memory. Okay, because that'd be great if it did that. Because then you know you could actually fly it and then see for a, a normal flight how much how much how many amps and and stuff you're using up. I'm I'm a short. I think that it does because it's going to be it's going to be powered the whole time, so it's just like a watt meter. As long as the watt meter is still powered, it's going to tell you the most amps drawn, you know, the 
voltages. It should tell you all that stuff. So I'm going to say yes. Well, that, I, it's, it's, probably, it's still in the package. I haven't had a chance to use it. <gasps> oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, I don't. Well, well I just got something it, like, terrible yesterday. must have happened that is still. No, in the I just picked it. I just picked it up like day before yesterday. Oh. So, <laughs> so it hasn't had a chance to you know be. Gotcha. And like okay. I said, this thing is in disarray because I've got all the parts here. I just, you know how I do. I collect everything, and I'm like, all right. I'm going to okay. get all this no, together. That's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so we'll look we'll look forward to that one. Whenever you get this beast in, that you can start playing with all these things and reporting back to us. We're like, right now, it's just speculation. Uh, Mike, I have to say, I'm anxious for when your toy shows up. I, I'm. We can hear what these things, if they work, if they don't work, uh, I'm sure our listeners would like to hear. So yeah, I can't hopefully. wait. Hopefully. I'm pretty anxious myself. Um, well, uh I will put a shout out to the Horizon Hobby guys and the Spectrum guys because Yay! this this particular Hangar Nine product, uh, this servo current receiver meter, would be great in a telemetry. Oh, geez, See? <laughs> right? You can just I put saw it what in you did there. there. Yeah, yeah, you can just put it into the telemetry, and then I can just read the voltage right on my radio. I don't have to, you know, carry this thing around. But that's just me putting that out there, right? You guys listening? Okay. Hey, Pass it along to those. They that- can miniaturize it and put on a poacher stamp. That'll be awesome. <laughs> That's true. Well, I uh, kind of went through my bag of toys, and um, hopefully we'll get all this stuff taken care of. We're kind of out of time, but um, it was great to talk to you. I'm glad we got everything working today. Your studio ah. sounds fabulous. That sounds a lot better than in the Hall of Justice that I was talking <laughs> before. So this it's, yeah, it's coming along. Well, good. Well, we, uh, we're excited about it. Um, let's see. We, uh, have any, uh, have any house cleaning items before we go? Good question. No, I don't, I don't think I, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much out. Uh, like you said, we've gone over a little bit of safety. We've gone over a little of, of new news. You've talked about our new toys that we've had in. I'm just, I'm just excited now that the summer's here and, and the whole, you know, we're, everybody's thrusting into full, full speed for flying. So that's true. And although it is get you know continuing to get hotter and hotter here every day here in Phoenix, so well yeah, you you're living in a living hell. It gets you know by <laughs> if you're not flying, if you're not done by eight o'clock or seven o'clock in the morning, that's well. I shouldn't I shouldn't I can't pick on you anymore because I live right next door to hell. Yes, you do. <laughs> so <laughs> so, you, live, so you live one level further over. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little higher up, I guess, or whatever. You're at so the I'm gates. Not, you're at the gates. I'm in the yes. deep of the belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. Hopefully for everybody else in the nation or wherever you are on the planet, uh, you're definitely uh, in the in the throes of summer and enjoying it. So yeah, absolutely. So, well, listen. Thanks for joining me tonight. Hopefully you got some good information. If you get a chance, go out there and check out the new uh, receiver from uh, Spectrum and uh, digital servo receiver from Hangar Nine. Um, hopefully we can uh, give a shout out to the guys. I'm going to give a shout out to the guys over at Buddy RC. I ordered some new products from them too, and and they came in really fast. I, I, I like the guys over there; they do a really good job. And I picked up a, a new para board for my new Gen Ace battery. So That's right. You picked up excited. a few props from them as well. I have, yes, I have picked up. I think I bought them out of their props once or twice. So, <laughs> uh, they uh, they definitely um, see me coming on a regular basis. So. That's it. Somebody's going to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids, get in the car. We're going on vacation. Get in the car. Yay, Mr. Moan's here. <laughs> he bought more props. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Well, folks, if you have any other questions for us or about what we talked about, uh, be sure to write into our, webs- or into our site. Be sure to, to rate us, to like us. 
And also to sign up, uh, have our podcast come right to your door. You can just have it delivered, right? That's right. Yeah, we should do a podcast on how to do the, how to get the podcast delivered to your door. Well, well, maybe we should do that uh, one of the when we sign off one of these times to let everybody know. It seems to be a little bit of confusion, but yeah, no big deal. My, yeah, your video didn't work at all. That's what that's the last one I heard. Oh. yeah, I went on YouTube and your video wasn't working. It was <laughs> that's I know. I love that. It's a podcast. There is no there is no <laughs> video, but oh eh, well, <laughs> it's a radio show. That's right. Oh, well, you can still listen to it. Yeah, in your car. just imagine. Just imagine you put little. We should have little cutouts of ourselves. So you could hold it on your fingers. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Little <laughs> finger puppets. If you write in, that's we'll right. give you some finger puppets of Jay. I mean, you can talk to each other while we're doing the podcast <laughs> uh, in your home, like we're in your own house, having a conversation, right. folks. That's too funny. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. We hope you had a great time. We will see you probably two weeks from the Arizona studio here. I am Michael signing off, and from the Texas studio, this is Jay signing off for tonight. All right. Good night. Night. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.